This is Kanzenshu, the podcast, episode 296 for the week of April 22nd, 2012. Hey, hey, welcome to Kanzenshu, the podcast. That's right, an extension of the all encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Kanzenshu. We, the two of us here, under the same roof forever bros talking dragon ball we cover anything and everything dragon ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining the usurper of the show here from last week keith mr hugio sir how you doing i'm doing okay i guess we'll stick with okay it's (laughs) been a very very weird week has been a weird week yeah man Crazy. We got you over there. That leaves me. Just the two of us. My name is Mike Vegito EX. I join you from New Jersey with a sinus infection. I hate life right now. And you're the one that always gets those. I know. It's, it's my curse. We gotta get your tonsils ripped out. So we oh, I know. I probably should. All right. So <laughs> you and I, man, we got a show. It's uh, interesting how we've since rebranded and uh, now it's the two of us finally joining forces for the first proper Consensu episode. Yeah, after what, three weeks? <laughs> I know, it's been a little bit. You did an episode all on your own, like a big boy last week. How I was did. it? It was It was fun. It was different, but it, it was good. Good, good. I I'm think. Uh, most of the feedback that. I have gotten has been pretty good, so I'm pleased. And I'm sure things will get better over time and maybe if Corey wasn't falling asleep and i didn't have to do everything that would help ouch burn right there well it's not like he's gonna listen to this and jump back at me and he (laughs) did apologize so right right he knows what he did oh that's good all right so it's just you and i this episode this episode though we've got an interview with jerome mazandarani he is the head of marketing and acquisitions at manga entertainment over in the uk and i talked with him for a while oh yesterday i think it was as of this recording regarding their upcoming release of Dragon Ball Z over in the UK. It is the first proper home release ever of the TV series over there. And this has been an ongoing kind of hilarious saga. We talked about the leaks. We talked about why it was that they were and weren't talking about it and what to expect in terms of the Orange Bricks and the new release over there. You're going to learn everything there is to know about it. So that's coming up this episode. We've got news and we've got... uh, I actually checked up on releases there's nothing coming out until next month so i didn't think so leave that i didn't be. even look last week but i couldn't yeah, think of anything i heard i heard i i heard you get to that part of the show be like well fuck kind of forgot about this yep you'll learn you'll learn that's what happens you know so in lieu of uh releases and all that stuff i've actually got something we're bringing back a two-week little revival of something we did over a hundred episodes ago at this point a music break a little musical interlude here early on in the show we've got two tracks from the del rey so i can't can't remember who it was, but someone noted it on Twitter. So they found it on YouTube or something like that. And someone retweeted it. And it was kind of one of those I found through someone who found it through someone. And they're great covers of music from the Dragon Ball franchise. I said, hey, would it be cool if we promoted this, played it on the show and uploaded it to the site? He was totally cool with it. So what we're going to do before we jump into the news, we've got a cover for you right now, an instrumental cover of the Dragon Ball Z3 Budokai 3 opening theme song, Orewa Tokoton Tomaranai, or I Won't Stop Till the End. The guitars are live performance guitars by him. The drums, they're um, electronic, they're programmed in GarageBand, and all around it's just a really cool track. So we're going to jump away for a little bit. I'm going to blow my nose, have a sip of water. Heath's just going to look pretty for a little bit. Check out this cover of the Budokai 3 opening. We'll come back and we'll talk some news.
I just love the opening for Budokai 3. Isn't it awesome? awesome. I know, I know. So that was the Del Rey with his instrumental cover of Oreo Tokoton Tomaranai. And you can actually download it for free over in our media section there on Kanzenshu. We do have a music download section. I was mentioning earlier how well over 100 episodes ago, we had a series of weeks and I think months where we were debuting and kind of bringing back some of these uh, favorite, fan favorite, new versions of Dragon Ball songs. Some were original composition e like remixy some were uh i know our buddy scott morgan did uh his own interpretation of an unreleased piece of background music from dbz movie one so there's a wealth of good material you can check out over there in our music download section and this is going to be a new addition to it so you can check it out there so uh that's our little intro musicy cool stuff let's talk some news Keith, I know you and Corey talked about Dragon Ball Z for Connect last week, but we've got some updates. There's always updates. Now, Heath, something you've forgotten. I knew you would forget this. You didn't read all the way through the news. So I have to note it here. I'm on top okay. of you, man. I listen to every single word you said. I'm like, all right, forget well, this. Well, you edit Check. the thing. <laughs> and I almost put in a little like scratchy insert and be like, you guys forgot. But I didn't really have time to do that. Anyway, what you forgot to mention is that Walmart's listings for Dragon Dragon Ball Z HD have changed slightly. Remember, we saw this a few weeks back. Walmart's website had listings for something called Dragon Ball Z HD on the 360 and the PS3. It was listed for $59.99. I think it was like action or fighting slash shooting. Same thing as Ultimate Tenkaichi last year. Well, there is no longer a PS3 listing, though the 360 listing remains exactly the same. And at this point, it seems like the Kinect game is going to be the one main console game for the year. Now, I have a question for you. All right, shoot. Because you have a 360. I do. And I do not. Correct. Uh, Is the 360 in HD? Yeah. Okay. I couldn't remember. But it's encoded on a DVD, though, isn't it? Yeah, the physical media is DVD. Uh, The system originally shipped just with component cables and could do up to 720p. I actually can't remember if at the start it could do 1080i, but I know there was a firmware upgrade at some point that allowed it to do full 1080p, and they did a uh, minor revision of the hardware that uh, included an HDMI port at some point. This is before the Slim came out, which, of course, has an HDMI port in it as well well and the slim also included the uh wi-fi internal to it but yeah the the 360 is full hd compatible good, good. yeah most games only run at 720p just because of our assets and frame rates and all that stuff right so. you don't find anything except for most films and not even too many tv shows these days are even done in 1080p no it's a lot to process and film there have been a couple games i think virtua tennis i don't remember what number it was maybe it was four ran in 1080p and i think flower ran in 1080p yeah flower was in 1080p all right so there's that but let's move on to some of the new info uh again i gotta sip water so (laughs) tell me what else is going on while i drink here so we had a press embargo lifted on the 17th so everyone was putting up their hands-on impressions uh no one seemed particularly impressed with the game i've seen lots of different takes on everything Uh, the trailer was also released that day complete with a correct cyan pronunciation that took the internet uh, kind of by storm we had even on our forums quite a reaction to the pronunciation wasn't that crazy i mean <laughs> it's hello youtube guess what there's different ways you can pronounce things some are more correct than others what's i just find so interesting we've talked about this and that's how we pronounce the word because we're following along the japanese version of the franchise and that's how you pronounce the word anytime there's been another more mainstream media not that game trailers is mainstream media but it's close enough but whenever they've done some reviews that include pronunciations like cyan because you look at the word and you say how would i pronounce this of course i would pronounce it cyan because of the a and the i next to each other i can't talk or breathe (laughs) it's just hilarious to watch the feedback well i've i've always said just because the internet is there to look up vast amounts of information doesn't necessarily mean people use it Yes. So. Yes. All right. So the the cyan thing. Speaking of game trailers, they had an interview video with the game's brand manager. Uh, not a whole lot of exclusive stuff in there, but there's going to be that anime content that's coming to the U.S. and Europe. It's going to debut in those two locations for the first time. Still speculation running rampant. Most people assuming episode of Bardock at this point. Uh, the game's going to be playable first person exclusively, except for uh, some of the special moves like when you do the Kamehameha, it'll kind of spin around and show all that stuff. We knew it's going to be over fifty 
characters and 100 moves. And uh, something that the interview here did uh, kind of slip out. There is a story mode in addition to the score attack mode, which is the what? one that they were showing off well, there. Now it's totally worth it. But there's no multiplayer planned. Yeah, I did. He talks about that in the trailer. Yeah, it, it was kind of one of those. There's nothing planned, but maybe stay tuned. I take that as we're not doing it, but we don't want to make it seem like we're not doing it. So it's also I think it's one of those things, though, with the type of game. How would you have two people standing next to each other playing each other? So if you did a multiplayer, wouldn't it almost exclusively have to be over the Internet? Yeah, it- that's exactly what I think it would have to be if you're going to do multiplayer because you kind of need that full screen. And not that the Kinect can't do two-player because I know Dance Central 2 can do uh, two-player as well. But yeah, that's that's just how it's going. I just I would throw my hand over in front of the person next to me and make them do a bunch of moves. Oh, totally. While I'm attacking them. Absolutely. I think it'd be totally worth it. You're Mr. Griefer, apparently. So Heath, the game, as far as we can tell, looks to be just a Kinect skin of Ultimate Tenkaichi, which itself was kind of a skin of Raging Blast 2 from the prior year so we're two steps removed from what the underlying game is at this point what do you think the fan reaction is going to be when this ultimately comes out in october i think it's going to be the same as what a lot of people have been saying for the last couple games is why are you still doing this i really think a lot of people will only get it so that they can play it for a little while to say hey i could do the kamehameha or something like that and that'll be about it it'll probably end up on somebody's shelf and they may play it when friends come over i don't know yeah i mean it's without a multiplayer and even with a story mode it just seems like there's not as much to do since you're doing all the you know everything's hand controlled by your motions right it just just from the gameplay alone that they showed in the trailer i mean you're just running around and it jumps out to third person so you can actually see everybody after you've performed the move and you're just standing there watching which to me seems just really odd well isn't that true to the show itself you do a couple things yeah. and then you just stand around and watch for a while but i don't know i feel like i would have less control over what i'm doing you maybe that's part will. of it all right that's the connect thing. I, the only other thing I'll toss out there is I was looking up releases. Uh, we're not going to talk about it because it's so much later in the year, but Amazon does have a pre-order page up for it. The Amazon listing is $39.99 uh, as opposed to the Walmart Dragon Ball Z HD, which is $59.99. I have to imagine that this Kinect game is only going to be at the $40 price point. You are yeah. not going to get 60 bucks for this. I'm still waiting for a really good RPG to come out. For been, what? For, for Dragon, Dragon Ball. Ball. Oh, okay. Uh, Just- Tack of the Science, DS, done. I'm just waiting. Like, they, they had it. It was good. And then we've gone back to nothing but fighting the <laughs> same thing over and over. And they're not even really putting that much money into it. Obviously, just because, hey, we're going to take the exact same thing from all these previous games. And I think they're just going to let it trickle out at this point. I don't know. They need something to reinvigorate. And I think they're hoping the Connect would do that and i'm not sure that it really will probably not but i mean we got a long way to go until october um all right why don't you tell me about portugal here all right portugal you're up so there's a there was a really bad version out and thanks to our community member puto for letting us know about a nice version which was much easier to watch but uh for a portugal subtitled japanese language version of dragon ball kai which will be coming to sic radical over in portugal so for everyone over there congratulations Uh, we don't really have any details though Uh, the commercial is pretty hilarious so if you want to go watch it i definitely suggest you check it out Uh, it's a subtitle parody with goku and raditz talking to each other about the newly remastered show and what to expect and goku doesn't know what hd is and things like that this is uh it's kind of a a nice toss back to things the way fan parodies used to be prior to people having recording studios in their homes where it would just be the japanese dialogue and you expect that your audience doesn't know lick of japanese so you subtitle it with your own words and your own script that's what this is except it's an official commercial for Portugal. I love it. Which makes it even better. Pretty good. Pretty I good. I think. So we do have that linked off the homepage of Consensu, so you can check that out. Thanks to Puto for capturing a nice version of it. What I'm really curious about, though, is this 4Kids thing. Yeah, so this, this news, I feel, is almost non-news. We'll go through it real quick. Long story short, it seems like 4Kids is selling some assets and rights to what appears to be a new company set up by Saban, who we know from... Back in the days, of course, 
Power Rangers and X-Men distribution and all that, but also syndication of the first two seasons as produced by Funimation. Now, included in this mix of assets that they're potentially selling are the rights for the first 52 episodes of Dragon Ball Z Kai, which seems to be all the four kids themselves licensed, as opposed to Nickelodeon, Nicktoons, who obviously did the whole shebang. They've played the entirety of Dragon Ball Kai up through the end of the cell arc. Uh, I, I did note that fans had noted how um, once they got up to episode 52, on Toonzai, I think it is, the four kids block that it was repeating. It looks like that's all they uh, got the rights to to air. Kind of like what they did with season one and season two. <laughs> right. While they were waiting for season three to get done. Which ultimately never came in that partnership, and mm-hmm. it took a new partnership to make that happen. Anyway, this doesn't mean that four kids is in control of the franchise or Saban would be in control of the franchise or can do anything with it. Uh, something I did talk about in the update there is since 1994, guys, it's always been. Funimation and Ultimate Control of the franchise. At least all the non-manga stuff, obviously. Viz controls the manga, but pretty much everything else, Funimation's got the master sub-license for. So even when you had companies like Saban, Ocean Studios, and Pioneer that were involved in some sub-licensing capacities, things like syndication, home distribution, that stuff. And I think I stripped my exact wording here from a forum post, so forgive me if you've read this, things like the Ocean dub and the Pioneer dub and the Saban dub, they're really misleading, almost meaningless classifications. It's always been Funimation, at least since 1994, obviously Harmony Gold a little bit earlier, but, and as far as we know, Funimation's got the license through 2015. So they are in charge. They are just selling little extra rights to other people saying, hey, we'll let you air this on TV. I don't want anyone jumping out and saying, OMG, four kids in Saban own Dragon Ball Kai now. Doesn't work that way. Fortunately. So, Heath, um, don't you find it funny that Saban can't seem to count past 52, 53 with Dragon Ball? I know. it's The irony is just so warming inside. I mean, obviously, it's much further because it gets through um, the, you know, the, the trunk stuff through the end of the yeah. Frieza arc. But just that episode number is just so close that it's uh, kind of hysterical. It's like they only can look so far ahead. And once they get to that point, they're like, well, I don't know if we can go any farther. Is there anything else to say about this uh, thing? I just want to constantly reinforce because um, I know one of our, uh, I think it was a newer fan. I don't entirely remember who it was, but they sent a great email and you know, loving mm-hmm. the new site. They were saying, though, you know, I just wanted to correct you that some of the stuff you're saying about the dub, well, that wasn't Funimation. That was actually a company called Ocean. Like, well, eh, not really. It was always Funimation, and they just outsourced things like voice talent, music composition, home distribution to other companies. And this yeah, is I'd... just an extension of that, where it's four kids plays Funimation's version of the show. Well, because it's always misleading when someone's like, well, the Ocean dub was way better than the Funimation dub. And it's like, well, the dialogue all has always come from Funimation. It's just who's recording the dialogue. And then, it's and the you're going to hear a little bit about this in the interview uh, with uh, Monkey You Can a little bit, but there was the alternate English dub that happened to go back and use Ocean Studios for their voice cast. So saying the Ocean dub doesn't mean anything unless you further clarify it a little bit more there these days. So, all right, is there anything else to say about that? It's, again, it's kind of non-news because nothing's in stone right now. It's just they're investigating the sale potentially to this almost shell company that Saban set up. I, I don't think there's much else to say. I'm For me, I'm ready to sit back and relax while you do an interview and <laughs> I, like it. I do manual labor work. Excellent. All right. So we're going to cut away. Enjoy the interview we have here talking about Dragon Ball Z coming to the UK. All right. We are happy to welcome to the show Jerome Mazandarani, head of marketing and acquisitions over there at Manga Entertainment, coming to us through the internets all the way from the UK. Welcome, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so glad to talk to you. This, uh, <laughs> I think you guys have even mentioned it's something like the worst kept secret in the European anime oh, industry. That's true. It has been. It has been. Yes. You guys are bringing Dragon Ball Z out to uh, DVD over there. Finally, at long last, it's uh, the final piece in the English-speaking territories. Uh, the UK. It's never had. Uh, 
Dragon Ball Z, the original 291 episodes released here on DVD or VHS. Yeah, it's kind of been crazy over there. And maybe we'll get to that in just a little second, Dragon Ball's history. Um, first off, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at the organization there? Okay. Um, well, Manga Entertainment is now into its 21st year. It was originally a, uh, it's, it's a British, well, it's not a British company anymore, but it was originally uh, set up by Chris Blackwell and uh, a couple of his business partners from Island Records. Uh, it was an offshoot of the ICA label, which was the um, it was like a world cinema label set up for um, home video and theatrical in the UK. They picked up Akira in 1988, shortly after it had um, uh, premiered in uh, Japan on Japanese cinema screens and brought it to the UK the following year. And it, it was so it was originally released on VHS, I believe, on uh, on the ICA label. It was a huge hit. The guys went out looking for more anime and um, and manga entertainment was established shortly after that. And it's passed through the hands of a few different owners. The label um, it went from um, Island to Polygram. There it went, I think, to Palm Pictures, or there was a management buyout. I'm not 100% sure what happened there, but... In 2003, Anchor Bay Entertainment acquired the manga. And so uh, there was always a U.S. Uh, office. There was the London office. We've always had a distribution deal in Australia with Madman Entertainment. Right, right. And I know a lot of Dragon Ball fans. All those names are familiar to them, no matter where you are in the world. You've, hear, you've heard Madman. I mean, it's all, yeah. Yeah, great guys. They're great label. Yeah, so I joined Manga seven and a half years ago. Shortly after I joined in a, in a, as a marketing manager, uh, acquisitions position responsibility became available. So I took, took that on as well and um it's been it's been really fun it's a really fun job we you know shortly after i started acquisitions i was lucky enough to pick up naruto okay yeah yeah so we've been uh we've been the exclusive distributor of naruto for uk home video since 2006 that deal was done by my predecessor karu mafame and uh and then that that really opened the doors people really took notice i think manga had a um, had been quite well known for being a producer and co-producer. Uh, we, we struck gold with Ghost in the Shell, and uh, when we partnered with Production IG Bandai and Kodansha, and released Ghost in the Shell, I think in 1994, uh, we passed up co-producing Ghost in the Shell Innocence, but we were co-producer on Standalone Complex, the uh, 52 episode series. Um, I think the last project we were involved in in that way as a producer was Karas, which we did with Showgate, um, who previous became a Showgate with Toshiba, I believe. And um, and then the, the operations changed a lot. We're not as active in the US as a home video distribution label anymore, but we're very active on iTunes, uh, Hulu, Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, and, the, and, and digital platforms. Yeah, I mean, you guys, your name was, uh, I, I feel like over here in the U.S. much more prevalent when I was getting into anime, and that was the, the mid-90s. So all those properties you're mentioning, I mean, that was my indoctrination into the, the fandom. Right. That's right. We, we um, you know, the label, I think, had um, invested so much cash into some co-productions that in the, uh, even though productions like Ghost in the Shell and Carass in the, in the long term were very, uh, and Blood the Last Vampire were very uh, uh, profitable and rewarding. Um, it did mean that they didn't have the cash to go out and aggressively acquire content. It was so competitive during the noughties, early noughties boom period, as you oh, know, yeah. labels like um, Funimation and ADV, that I think that made it harder. Because anime really is all about TV content. I, I, I would say 80% uh, of what we release every year is uh, episodic, and, um, and, the, and the rest would be OVAs or feature uh, animations. So... You know, it wasn't necessarily the game Manga was in, and I think we lost a lot of ground. It's much easier in the UK. It's much easier to acquire content for the UK than it is for, for the world or for all English-speaking territories. So I, I, I've been very lucky to get the support from um, Anchor Bay and Stars, who own us, to uh, to go out and acquire this content for the UK. And it's been pretty uh, successful. You know, we have a, uh, a really... Like, like Mad Men in Australia, we have a pretty solid business, you know, and... Um, we are niche and we serve a core demographic, but we're lucky in that every year or so new fans come on board to take the place of the older fans who um, move on to other hobbies or uh, don't spend as much of their income, you know, on, on anime. Right, so, right. You know, so, 
So uh, it, it's quite remarkable with the sort of downturn that home video businesses experience. Where in most major territories, volume of sale and value was down 15% year on year, if not more, uh, in some territories. So we, we might we haven't seen that with manga, and that's that, that's pretty good, you know. So um, and the content's really fun to work with, and the fans are really fun to work with. So 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 we like that. So you know, um, I think acquiring Naruto that has done really well in the UK for us. We've sold over 360,000 Naruto DVDs across. Uh, Gosh, I think that's across about 25 different SKUs, you know, different DVD release. Uh, we're, we're up to box set number nine in Naruto Shippuden, which is the same uh, same as the uh, Viz Media release. Okay, yeah, you're cruising along with them then. So we're really cruising along. We, we, we distribute Bleach. We did very well Death Note. So um, I think um, Toei, um, uh, the uh, company that owned Dragon Ball Z, as all your listeners would know, um, they, they're very paid. What's the word? They don't rush into things. So oh, no, think, absolutely not, no. So I think they've been observing um, our business, and we've had a, an ongoing dialogue. I've had an ongoing dialogue with Toei for the last five years. Okay. Uh, and uh, in that time, incidentally, they established Toei Animation Europe. They celebrated their fifth anniversary last year. Oh, nice. Okay. So, yeah, so um, that, that, that's who we, um, we, we work with. They're based in Paris. They're a really good bunch of people. Really, they've been a pleasure to work with. But, um, you know, they're cautious. They don't rush into things. And they're very, very protective of their IP. So um, it's, um, it's no small feat. <laughs> that we finally uh, got a deal, you know, uh, to release Dragon Ball Z. Well, you know, you're talking about anime and serving a niche audience. You're talking about Naruto and Bleach as well, especially Dragon Ball. These are franchises that transcend that. They are yes. the, the mainstream mass audience shows that, uh, I mean, it was what brought me to the fandom as well. So I kind of want to talk about how you guys are going to be approaching Dragon Ball. Sure. Um, and, you know, obviously we're based in the U.S. ourselves, but that portion of Europe in general is our number two uh audience base so i know there's a lot of them well, out there yes right yes you know i mean um in a way the uh you know we have a bit of a um we have a challenge i think um in overcoming some of the damage done by gray importing of the funimation edition well yeah uh, and we'll definitely talk about that a little bit too yeah yeah well you know it's been such a, i mean gosh it's nearly seven years i think since season one was released in the states yeah, it's been uh, a while now. And, and, and to make it clear to fans, we're talking about the big orange bricks. Uh, we, we, we essentially are releasing exactly the same version right. uh, that's been released in the US. And uh, we're actually using Madman's PAL DLTs. Or, okay. uh, they're the PAL DVD replication masters. And what, what we do is we order those via Toei. Um, we replace the Madman logos um, with the manga logos. We replace Madman's trailers with our trailers or Toei's trailers. But it's essentially the same... Um, the same product um it's, it's packaging slightly different to the u.s edition you get digi packs we are going out with a um Scanavo fat pack which is okay. like a really large, uh, the fat transparent amore case right right with the uh, with, with the same packaging design though the same artwork and uh, and whatnot uh uh, we might put an O card or a slip cover on it, you know, because uh, the fans really like that. It adds value. So uh, just waiting to see if that's something Toei want to do. Gotcha. Um, well, you know, I actually kind of want to take it back a little bit. Uh, we were joking about the worst kept seeker here. I want to take you through how fans kind of discovered this. Just a, oh, little, yeah. a little timeline here. <laughs> it started, it was back in August. It was the British Board of Film Classification website. Yeah. They were the ones that updated. They had uh, the, the extras from the orange bricks on there. Yes. And then there was a flyer that popped up in October, and then things were kind of silent yeah. for a while. Oh, yeah. It was awful, really. It was an awful position to be in because we originally had um, the contract scheduled. We were, we were both hoping, both companies were hoping we'd have the contract executed by July last year. Okay, that makes sense then. You know, looking at the flyer and saying, hey, December, we're going to have pre-orders and everything. Exactly. And um, Terry were like, go ahead and start making the first one ahead of contract, which is which is good because the deal we have with them, it's a, it's a sales and distribution deal. Mm -hmm. So it's not like a straight ahead, um, like royalty based licensing deal gotcha. where you sign the contract and then you're, you're master of your own domain more or less pending right. approval. Everything, right. So this is quite different. So Toei are very involved in this and, um, it, it's quite a complex, uh, agreement and they've never done a deal like this before because it's so, it's so expensive to bring out 291 episodes with, uh, with these um, horrendous BBFC certification costs we have. We have to pay <laughs> right, right. Six pounds a minute. Oh, my uh, goodness. 
So you can imagine there's like nearly a thousand minutes on each box set. Right. So you've got six thousand pounds there times nine, uh, plus uh, fifty-two discs. You pay uh, nearly hundred pound admin fee on each disc. Um, the manufacturing costs on each box is quite high because so many discs. So you've got to finance the review and get it to them early enough. So it's kind of no wonder that that That's stuff leaks right. out. Okay, so, so you know, yeah, some people did guess right, and then I was um, using Twitter and Facebook to sort of try and um, divert interest. I was being a really shady so-and-so, and I did apologize to individuals that I'd done that with, but we, we were under an NDA with Toei, so we were trying to get all of this stuff done. Um, sure, sure. Without being publicized. So so the, the BBFC thing, we kind of bullshitted a bit, saying... We've got oh that that's because we have these um, Dragon Ball Z extras and trailers on another non-related release from Funimation, um, which a lot of people call bullshit on anyway. They didn't yeah, believe yeah. Us. yeah. I mean, we did too. I mean, how could you not? Yes, and then there was the advert which leaked in October before the London. We have a, a wonderful. Um, it's our UK version of Comic Con San Diego Comic Con. It happens twice a year. It's called the London MCM Expo. Right, right. We're a big uh, sponsor of that. There, we we exhibit there. Like like you, you can you know like Funimation and Viz Media at Comic Con and Anime Expo. So yeah, it's yeah. a big sponsor. Then um, they they do a, a program. They print about twenty thousand copies of the program and distribute at the show. Um, and we we did book ads in, and we pulled the ads when we knew the deal was going to go through in time. But the organisers of Expo also do an ebook edition, and <laughs> to remove the ad from the ebook edition. All right, that explains why it popped up. But then when the book actually came out, people were like, "Hey, I, I don't see it in here. What's going on?" Oh, I know, I know. And then, um, you know, so um, we didn't say much about that. But what can you say, right? No, in, I, I got to say, I think that was actually the better approach. Something we've talked uh, many times on the show about, it was when Funimation was first bringing out those orange bricks. And they actually canceled something they had going on at the time, the Ultimate Uncut Edition. And their spiel at the time was, we don't have anything to say right now, but please stay tuned. And so it would, <laughs> I would be remiss not to circle back to the Twitter comments i know the uh i think it was and i hate to put you on the spot there but it was one of those like the one plus one equals three things i know that struck a chord with a lot of fans but it's good to hear uh, that you're like oh we man we're, we we got a bullshit and i feel so oh, bad I, about I, it i do apologize for that that was my best moment we have um we have a funny style on twitter with some of the fans which is a little bit um crazy though because isn't it so personal these days you never had that 10 years ago i know i know but you know at the same time i don't like see twitter i don't believe twitter is a tool that's uh, for a brand yeah you can be a brand and just communicate with your fans like a like a freaking android or a spam bot yeah yeah or, it's dull and press boring. release posted visit link pdf boring no personality. There's no real conversation going on. That, that that's bullshit. I, I don't like that. So I run the Twitter account. There's only two of us running Manga UK's marketing. I was gonna say it's not like it's a pretty small group over there. Oh, it's really tiny, and uh, we've done a lot. I think we've got the largest uh, Twitter community community for anime uh, fans now. We've got like nearly twelve and a half thousand followers on Twitter, and oh, we've got nice. About- we, we, we need to do more work on Facebook. But they're great tools. They're powerful tools. We need to remember that because uh, we can have an informal tone with, with the fans. Um, but there are the boundaries. are Well, because you're talking to individuals. So every individual has a different boundary about what is and isn't cool to say to them. Right. right. Uh, and so we're constantly um, go, stepping over the line with individuals and really upsetting them when that is really our intention. Um, but at the same time, because you're on a public forum, people... If you are, if people ask a question, a lot of people like to ask a question, and make a statement at the same time. Yeah, yeah, totally. And if that's just, that can be quite infuriating sometimes because it's just, you just get, you basically get people telling you things that are blatantly untrue and can be damaging, you know, to to, to the brand or whatever. And there, there are there are ways to uh, to handle that. Um, sometimes I think we get it right. Sometimes we get it wrong. I think we've been a lot better. The last um, the last two months, and I, I think it's you know it's been a learning curve, and it's really again like you said the best way to handle these things sometimes is to is to just step back and say well we might have more to tell you later you know yeah, um, yeah. and especially Dragon Ball fans there's so many of them I have to imagine that you've got a new influx and it's how do I handle all this oh you know another infuriating thing is is that we announce we're bringing Dragon Ball Z out after like nearly a seven year wait for UK fans. And then we become the bad guys because British fans have imported it from America. 
<laughs> whereas we we weren't involved that wasn't our decision you know what i mean it's yeah. um it's a business and um it's not that seven years ago wasn't the right time but i mean uh, 2002 would have been the right time to bring dragon ball z out at the when when dvd wasn't even at its peak and it was the number one rated show on Toonami in the uk right i don't know why it never came out sooner than then but for manga, the, 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 the conditions, the terms and conditions for, for the deal for bringing it out, um, it took five years really for them to be attractive enough and, uh, well, realistic enough. Because like I said, it's um, before you even talk about advance and minimum guarantee and royalties, you're investing nearly, gosh, over nine volumes. It's, it's, it's like, gosh, nearly 200,000 pounds. So, and we're not a big, really big company. You know, we... Uh, we're quite, uh, quite, quite small. We're a small part of Anchor Bay, um, which is the much larger label. Uh, that's obviously the video label that distributes Spartacus, The Walking Dead, in a, uh, what, what else? Movies like I Spit on Your Grave and, and 22 Bullets and things like that. Which so, but, but that's mass market product that goes through all the supermarkets in the UK and, right. and not, you know, whereas the anime stuff, we can really we have one physical retailer, which is HMV. And then the rest of the business is through um, online retail, and maybe ten percent of the business is independent comic book stores and Forbidden Planet, gotcha. and, and like that. So, it's kind of similar to the states, but it, it, it is a small operation. Everything we've done via social media, we've we've done ourselves, not with agencies, um, not with with PR companies. We've we've not so we've lacked discipline. I can only apologise to fans we've upset. I think we've done. We do go back and apologise and. And try to smooth over the water when we piss people off, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, we were a bit too disingenuous about about the Dragon Ball Z thing. That was me, partly just pure fear because <laughs> because no information was meant to be public. About. Right, right. And that's happened with Dragon Ball many times, and we've seen it all throughout the world. So, I, in that respect, I totally get where you're coming yeah. from. I, I'm really sorry to anyone that we we upset with those comments and, oh, that's fine and you know what let, let's leave that part behind let's talk about the timing and the product itself you were saying how there was a good time to do it that was missed and then it was kind of hanging out for a while and terms changed oh, you, you, yeah that's right and you raised the point a little bit earlier that um that there are there are some anime properties that bridge the gap between ataku and uh right and mainstream dragon ball z is probably the number one anime brand in the UK for that, I would say. And it's um, crazy because there hasn't been a proper release of it. I know, I know. We No one, um, there's various um, theories about why. I've had a few people tweet me and, and on Facebook suggesting there was a European distributor that had the UK right. Yeah, there. I know there's the AB group over there that's been involved yeah. in a few countries. And there are things, I don't know how familiar you are with it, but uh, fandom has collectively christened it the Big Green Dub. And it was uh, dubs of the movie movies by what seemed to be not native english-speaking actors no they were done in malaysia oh okay so it's they were yeah. done in malaysia those were released in the uk around 2001 to 2000 yeah yeah by warner home video right exactly so that's and what fans have had over there for a while they sold really well yeah they um, seem to gosh they sold really really well and they, they were obviously capitalizing on i i bet you someone like what ab group probably offered um warners i think ab group were kind of like viz media they're like a master license all for europe yeah yeah so they exactly they pick up all the merchandising rights and the moving image and TV rights and then go try to flog them. Right, and then spit them out to other companies who wants to do what over here. And I bet you, back back in 2001, 2002, if they offered 291 episodes for home video, when DVD was nascent, really, mm -hmm. and wear a six-disc DVD box that would probably have retailed at £60, which oh, I know. Is, yeah. back then would have been about $150. Right, I think back to our, our Tenchi Muyo box sets, yeah, they were 150 200 bucks back then. Yeah. And I bet your Warners were like, no one's going to buy that, pay <laughs> right. that. Because they would have seen Dragon Ball Z as a kid's property. So kid's property is generally four episodes on single-disc DVD. Which is what we had, and that totally made sense for the time. That's right. They probably just saw it as too big a commitment, you know? And God, who knows back then what, the, what they wanted in terms of... Uh, fees and stuff you know yeah, so yeah. so that that might have been it. it's a pretty expensive license but but back to the point about uh, mass market it's it's like thundercats in as much as it's um it's still as it, it, it it's still um got cult appeal it's but it's still it's got a lot of integrity yeah, um, yeah. 
remember it, remember it fondly from its um, Toonami days, and and I think it was an ITV for a bit as well. And um, and so does the nostalgia value. Um, so so it's a bit. Of, it's actually quite a different property to Naruto because Naruto's had no TV platform here apart from the first twenty six episodes airing on Jetix, which is now Disney um, XD. Right, right. That's uh, interesting. And it was cut to shreds, and no one watched it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to Dragon Ball, where I know the entirety of the TV series did air over there, and it's That's crazy because right. I mean we're coming from the American spe- perspective over here, so we call it the alternate English dub that you guys got over there, where it was Funimation for a while, and then somehow we think AB Group got involved and they went back and rehired the Ocean Studios cast. But yeah. that, that begs the question: you guys are putting out Funimation's versions, grades uncut, bilingual, to get the original Japanese version on there. Are there any concerns from the fan base that they're going gonna pick up the sets and if they're fans of the english dub it's not going to completely be the english dub they remember from tv or is it just you know it's dbz we're all so happy and we just kind of forget about that part Uh, i would say based on the comments i've seen on our facebook and twitter page that there's 80 percent are just really happy it's coming out and and they also tend to say the funimation dub they they prefer um and then there was about 20% they're a bit, bit, bit disappointed. Um, they're probably the, it's interesting, they're probably the guys that are, um, are more casual anime fans, um, but remember the series fondly um, from TV, and um, they've, read up, they've read up a bit more about it, and they're, they're, they're hearing from other fans it's not the, the dark they saw on TV. And so a few people disappointed. Um, you've got to remember there's probably people that would buy it um, that, that are buying it um, more like a cult TV box set because they fondly remember the show from their childhoods. Right. And they, a lot of them might be like, oh, my God, there's a Japanese duck. <laughs> the that don't know it's Japanese. I don't say it's probably not, not as much as like when I first found out that Star Blazers was Japanese. Yeah, exactly. That, right. You know, when you're a kid watching all these shows, you don't you don't. You, think is it japanese is it american you know just yeah, like, yeah um but um yeah so so i hope well proof will be in the pudding right it's out on the second the first box that's out on the second of july right so um we'll see we'll see how it sells we have certain um expectations about how it'll sell big question is well kai the refreshed version of dbz that was produced for the 20th anniversary that's kind of well i mean it's coming to a close over in the u.s but it's still globally kind of the latest version was there any conversation with Choei about doing kai instead of in addition to how did that all uh, come about there was there was a slightly difficult period when i started getting a lot of different um opinions from people within the company and also you know people outside that we trust and consult with and yeah. i guess People I feel, you know, know more about anime than me, even though I've been doing this for seven years. And um, there was that. I was like, hmm, it's, it's maybe, you know, we're backing the wrong horse. Maybe we should go straight to Dragon Ball Kai. It's got Blu-ray and DVD. Right. It's, 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 it's kind of like the Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood project in a way. Uh, and uh, we, we were wondering, should we just jump straight to that? Because there won't be as many grey imports to compete with. And uh, Toei don't want us to do that. They want to get. They want to get their strategy, like in all the other territories, is step by step. Get, yeah. get Dragon Ball the big orange boxes out first. Then let's talk about. Uh, we haven't even had a conversation about GT, for example, or the movies, or um, or, um, or a serious conversation about Kai. I think one of the problems we're seeing with Dragon Ball Z is there's only so many times you can sell the same thing to the same people. Right. I mean, Funimation encountered that just this year for the first time. That's ever. right. Blu-ray project, right? And yeah. I think, well, you've got, you know, if they're working from telecine prints uh, to, to um, cleaning those up to create a HD transfer, can you imagine how expensive that is over 291 episodes? And right, right. My, my, my assumption would be is that if you don't, you know, each each subsequent release needs to fund the next release. So, you know, I'm wondering if commercially, if it, if if the Blu-ray, because I don't know, we have a great relationship with animation, but. We haven't talked about this, and I don't know what all the reasons are for, for them cancelling it. But, but I mean, we've had similar experiences with Formula Alchemist Brotherhood Blu-ray. We we, we cancelled the Blu-ray run after part two because the sales were just dropping off like fifty percent from one to two. Do you know what I mean? And you you need to hit a minimum. Yeah, threshold. you just can't sustain it at a certain level. I know it's such a shame. So. Um, you know, obviously, I really want to um, hit the ball out of the park um, with, with with the big orange boxes because that means we can then start to start talking to Toa about Kai 
uh, and about One Piece, more importantly. Ah, okay. <laughs> you know, obviously we're big fans of One Piece as well. It's kind of like the yeah, yeah. successor so, to Dragon Ball in many fans' minds. Absolutely. You know, the UK is such an undeveloped market for anime. It's ridiculous because the TV programmers have not picked any of it up. You know, I mean, like One Piece is on about, I think, on three or four different channels in France. Right. It's massive. Oh, I know. It's crazy. France is always ahead of the curve. I don't know what you guys they are doing. They're, they're on top I, of their stuff there. They are. I think they're the, the second biggest market for, for anime home video outside of Japan. And then the U.S. now is in third place, I, I, I believe. But, um, you know, it's a real shame because it's, it's good content. And there seems to be a cultural um, barrier here uh, to putting seats. Because I think here TV doesn't believe that anyone – that. If it's an action animated action show, it's for, uh, it, uh, it's got to be for boys age nine to eleven. They don't really push animation for an older audience. We don't have Adult Swim. Cartoon Network can't have an Adult Swim block in the UK because the the regulations, the TV regulations um, that are in place from Ofcom, um, can't, if you're advertising for yourself as a children's uh, TV brand, you can't have a um, what we call after the watershed at nine pm until late show with adult content on it. You just can't do that. Right. They have to set up a separate Adult Swim channel, whereas in the States, Cartoon Network goes up, well, you know, it's Graveyard Shift, and they have Adult Swim. Right. Which was hugely influential in the uh, mid-noughties, you know, for um, uh, for promoting anime um, shows like Ghost in the Shell, Standalone Complex, and and Bleach, and things like that. So um, we we don't have that. So that is another reason why, you know, Dragon Ball Z... Uh, went off the air in 2002. It's never been back on, which is crazy. Most hit shows, Friends was on, has been on Channel 4 for like 10 years non-stop. They had a digital, a free digital channel, which pretty much was just Friends reruns. American audience apologizes for that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, they didn't even like Seinfeld here. What is that all about? Oh, I know it was on. It was it's unbelievable. I think also in the UK, um, they've created a culture where kids programming and animation is for if it's an adventure show, it's for boys age nine to eleven. The BBC produces it all. There's hundreds of independent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. TV producers and they 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 pretty much were more interested in putting out their own locally produced content. And that makes sense. I mean, we've seen that with Canada a little bit. They've got their CanCon where there's going to be a certain amount of material produced there that they can air. So, I mean, that that makes sense when you talk about the. Global I think um, in America, yeah, in America you have a huge, much bigger audience. You have many more channels. Um, and Japanese uh, animation, it was it was good quality uh, content, but relatively cheap to import and put on air. Australia was the same. Australia doesn't have the sort of budgets um, at the ABC and the Australian channels to produce loads of kids' programming, especially animation. So, um, so um, I, because I grew up in Australia, I benefited from seeing Astro Boy, Jungle Lion, uh, Jungle King Leo. It was called Kimber the White Lion, the version we had. Right. Uh, with Star Blazers, we had. What else did we get? We had some of those great cross uh, Euro Japanese co-pros like mysterious cities cities of gold. gold yep yep Ulysses. we had robotech we had um you know loads of cool stuff like that and uh, and so that was cool that's probably the reason i got the job at manga because when i was working um i was working for a distributor who picked up the manga label to sell and, and distribute the dvds in the uk and no one there knew anything about anime and i was like really excited when i saw the copies of ghost in the shell and akira on um, my colleague's desk and i started banging on about how great all this stuff was and like oh you know it seemed to know what you're talking about and then someone recommended me for a job at manga and that's how i got it but it <laughs> i was in the right place at the right time but it really shows to uh you know not many people in the industry here are really okay with it they still see anime as very exotic and alien and weird and foreign you know so. yeah, yeah. We put all that we have to overcome. Yeah, I, I think you, you hit everything there. Um, a lot of people, I mean, they've been sending in the question. What about Dragon Boxes? What about Kai? Why other versions of the show? It sounds like, as opposed to France and Italy, where Dragon Ball's already got a stronghold, you guys kind of need to get that foot in the door and the orange bricks are going to be the way to start that? That's right. I think, well, the orange bricks are, um, you know, they're, they're essentially, apart from the cropping issue, because um, widescreen TVs were the big thing and so they did the widescreen version and cropped the pit, uh, picture to fit the widescreen. That was its one of its big USPs, right? Um, I think that's the background fans have to understand. And 
they haven't really gone back until, um, you know, mucking around with Kai, but you don't get the original episodes as such. You don't get all 291 um, uncut, unadulterated episodes. So I think um, in terms of, like, um, mass appeal and the most commercial release, it is the big orange boxes for us. Dragon Ball Kai is really more for the for, for anime fans. Uh, um, the casual Dragon Ball Z fan is not necessarily going to be rushing out to buy Kai. They won't even know about it, to be honest with you. But we do want it. We'd love it. I mean, it's like, I don't want Naruto to stop. Uh, <laughs> and I, I don't want Bleach to stop. I mean, you know, I, I'd be really uh, upset, with, uh, you know, with the news that Bleach is now finished airing in Japan. Uh, was it not for the fact that we've only got enough series? I think season nine here. Mm-hmm. So I think we've still got. I think we've still got over another twenty <laughs> odd episodes to release. You know. Yeah, yeah. Which is probably another three years worth of DVD releases for Bleach here. So um, you know, so um, Dragon Balls uh, and it, it, it can be the gift that keeps on giving. You know, so if, uh, you know, we'll, we'll know by early next year if the Dragon Ball Z campaign and uh, project has been successful and uh, whether or not Toei are going to say, let's let's try Kai, let's try GT, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's up to us. It's up to the fans to go out and buy it, I hope. You know, um, it, it's um, we, we've managed to... Um, um, if I can talk about the product a little bit, it's, yeah. um, we've got all nine. We've got all nine CDs and box sets are currently on Amazon UK, Play.com, HMV.com, The Hut. So all the big UK um, uh, online sites, you can go and pre-order the box sets already. The suggested retail price on each box set is thirty-four ninety-nine. That's pounds, and you get six discs. But um, that's a suggested retail price. So as a, most of you guys should know, when you go and pre-order something um, early um, online. Amazon essentially set the real price because they're so competitive. So you can currently go on Play.com and order each box set for, I think, around £25. I was going to say, you can probably knock 10 off that price if you go and buy Amazon. That's right. That's not a bad price. So generally, they're knocking 10 pounds, saving £10 per box set. It's free postage and packaging. So that's pretty good because to put that in perspective, the, the SRP on a Naruto Shippuden release, which is only two discs with 13 episodes, not 35 episodes, right. is twenty four ninety nine. So you, I think, God, how, what does that work out? That works out to about two pounds an episode. That's not bad. That's pretty good value for money. Yeah. Um, so I don't think we're out there trying to, you know, milk anyone. We you know, we set these um, suggested retail prices and wholesale prices, knowing the way the market works. We don't expect fans to have to pay the suggested retail price. You shouldn't ever have to pay the SRP on it. <laughs> I know. These days, you know, you need to shop around. Um, and that, that's, I mean, that's the way the bricks were produced. They were made to be, here's these giant sets, here's a whole bunch of episodes at a great cost, and it's got its deficiencies. We talked extensively on the show about it back in 07 when they were coming out, so I think our audience and even your audience probably knows what they're uh, in for with the bricks, but like you're saying, this oh, yeah. is the, the first step. It's the first step. We've got four seasons out this year. Season yeah, one's out. You're starting July. July 2nd and you're cruising through. That's right. Uh, we, we are, you know, normally we'd wait maybe eight to 12 weeks between releases, but we've been people have waited for like, <laughs> like five, six years or whatever. Yeah, it is. yeah, totally. So, That's fair. So, uh, season one out on the 2nd of July. Season two, I think, is the 27th of August. Season three is out on the 10th of October. And uh, season four is out at the beginning of uh, December, which is great for uh, Christmas. Um, we're going to have season five out early in January, really early. Um, and then we will have an eight-week gap between each release going from uh, six, seven, eight, nine. Gotcha. That's a pretty good schedule. Yeah, it's pretty good. You know, catch up and, uh, and uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of activity between now and then to um, promote and market it. I've... Um, you know, one thing I'm really keen on doing is working with one of the retail partners and a media partner to talk about maybe getting out um, pre-order incentives, you know, giving people redeemable vouchers and just trying to get it into as many fans' hands as possible. Obviously, we sell them at the London Expo and the other events we go to as well. So if fans don't have a HMV nearby or a local comic book store, you know, we'll be at various conventions around the country booking our wares. That's quite important. That's important to all of us. I think, you know, Madman, uh, Mango especially, we really go out um, to meet the fans and uh, d- doing shows like this, uh, going and meeting them. We have to engage them and get them involved, you know. I mean, we really can't. This wouldn't be possible, um, these types of projects, if uh, without their support and them going out and buying shows. And I, I think anime fans in the UK, more than any other 
um, entertainment consumers, they, they have a really um, keen interest in how the business works and an understanding of it. And they know, I think they feel really invested in it, you know. So, yeah, definitely. Um, they know if they want their shows to get out here, they, they have to sort of go out and spend money on it, you know. And I think that's a good place to, to leave it. We've got the first set coming in July. Uh, it sounds like you guys are excited, the fans are excited. And it's it's the first step to bring Dragon Ball just, uh, just the same way that it's hit the rest of Europe and the US and even Japan. Japan. There's more to come. Well, thank you very much for having me on the show, Michael. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, Jerome. It's great to uh, great to talk to you and get a little uh, UK action into the mix here. Okay, excellent. Well, um, you, you can find out more about what we're doing at mangauk.com, and you can follow us at mangauk on Twitter and Facebook. We've got a podcast as well, so um, we'll, we'll we'll tweet the the new podcast uh, in the next day or two, and. Um, and, and hopefully we can come on again in, in the future and, and tell you where we're at. Maybe yeah. we'll be talking about Kai. <laughs> yeah, we, we'd love to uh, kind of do a post-mortem after all this and see how it yeah, goes. Hopefully that, yeah, and um, we'll, we'll watch the burning uh, on, online as well. <laughs> good deal, good deal. All right, I appreciate it very much. Thanks for coming on the show, man. All right, thanks, Michael. That's really going to bring us to a close this episode. There's no real releases coming out until the end of May with uh, some Kai seasons over here in the U.S. So uh, I think we're just going to leave it here, especially because I can't talk and I need water and a nap at this point, man. I don't blame you. It's, you know, it's been a horrendous week. (laughs) let's just call it it's dead it's flatlined he to tell the kids where they can find consensue man you can find us at www.kanzenshuu.com or you can find us on twitter at consensue that's right spelled exactly the same uh that is still the extent of how we've done things i know i mentioned it before but facebook the way they handle renaming and rebranding is one of those things where you kind of have to know someone at facebook to get it done properly so we're just kind of hanging out on the daizenshu account right now uh d-a-i-z-e-x and we'll transfer that over if and when we can i mean i can like change the image on it but it doesn't change the url and all that stuff and i don't want to create a new one because then we lose everyone that's already subscribed to it so right uh we'll we'll work that out and uh in terms of contacting questions i know we've got a backlog of questions uh we just haven't gotten around to checking some of them out because of uh all the site work and other things going on so mm-hmm. i think at some point we'll have to do a catching up on emails episode just to uh you know, oh definitely take care People of have tons of questions for us they now. do they do so if you do have questions of course you can always use the contact form on the site you can tweet them at us you guys know how to get a hold of us so uh thank you heath it's it's uh, good to talk to you a little bit and do the rest of the show here, man. I know. It's it's good to finally get back together on this because yes. we slave so hard and it's like we took a break from each other. <laughs> I know. I need a break from you, man. Okay. Well, I'll see you later. All right. So uh, that's going to be it. So thanks to you. Thanks for Jerome for joining us from uh, the UK. Talk about what they got coming out for DBZ over there. Next week on the show, I hesitate to make promises, especially if I'm not feeling well, but uh, we gotta do that gt if there's review. anything that will make you feel better it is gt i know i know it's not that we didn't want to do it or been intentionally putting it off but the whole site launch and it just wasn't gonna happen so we're secure in our uh launchness launchedness launchedness right now so we'll uh batch your regularly scheduled content hopefully at some point soon so thanks again sir thank you much for having me all right so for heath for jake for mary for julian for all the cool folks that join us week in week out my name is mike consensu the podcast the website we'll check you next week folks see ya